Welcome to Men in This Town, the podcast. I'm Giuseppe Santamaria, and for over a decade, I've been photographing men's street style in various towns around the world, looking for those whose dress sense speak volumes about who they are. In this podcast, I take a closer look at those men by bringing them into the studio for a portrait and having a chat about their particular approach to the many facets of life. In this episode, I welcome Terrell Cherry to the studio, an American-born Sydney cider whose military kid upbringing saw him live a gypsy-like life, learning to call any place home. A social being at heart, Terrell's work always gravitated towards people, from styling hair in Atlanta to teaching spin in New York City. Now in Sydney, his work focuses on the inside as a mindset and manifestation coach. We, of course, chat about all of this, plus his love for music and his work, his colorful personal style, including how he brought his early surfer vibe look from tropical Hawaii to urban Atlanta and stuck to it. Head over to meninthistown.com to view selects from our portrait session. And in the meantime, I hope you enjoy the conversation that took place. So let's kind of start off with introducing yourself, um, name, age, and kind of what you do for a living and we'll kind of go from there. Cool. Yeah. Um, my name is Terrell, and I am 36. I'll be 37 at the end of April. I It's funny, like, when people ask, like, what do I do? Because I kind of ha- have a lot of hat spinning all mm-hmm. the time. I jump into a lot of different things. So specifically what I do is I teach fitness classes, spin, and yoga. I also am a mindset and manifestation coach. So what that looks like is I work with... I work with people who are looking to create changes in their lives. And a lot of the things that I love to really do is motivate. Mm -hmm. Um, I found that as like a really a passion of mine through teaching spin. And so when we work together, I talk about, you know, any of the blocks that are happening. I think a lot of us go through and say, like, I want to do these things, <laughs> right? Um, and then realize that, like, there's some self-doubt, judgment, sabotage, all of these things that oh, yeah. we that we come up against, right, when mm-hmm. wanting to create or move into a new space. Um, and so that's what I talk about, and that's what I help people through, the modalities that I really love using is um, our tarot, and um, that's, again, a really good vehicle for people to see, like, hey, your intuition mm-hmm. is on point, right? Like, because uh, the way that I read is very energy present, and so it's like a lot of the information that I give is something that you might already instinctually or you already have that gut intuition about, and um, the response that I get is like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're like, okay, I'm not crazy. We'll get into that a little bit deeper. Um, there's so much to kind of go into with that. Um, but I guess, where did you grow up? Um, what was your so childhood like? I was a military brat, and oh, yeah. we moved around a lot. I was actually, I was born in New York, and before I was, or by the time I was a year old, we were living, um, I think in Florida or something like that, or maybe California. I don't know where we were, mm-hmm. but we moved around a ton, and... Um, I say to make it easier just because I spent most of my time in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I lived in Hawaii and we moved from Hawaii to Atlanta, Georgia when I was 16. So I kind of feel like I had my childhood like 
early adolescence, like early childhood in Hawaii. And mm. then my, my teenage early adult was in Atlanta. Um, and since probably I was 25 when I moved from Atlanta and I've just been bouncing around kind mm. of doing my thing. And yeah, I've been in, I've been here, I've been in Australia for two years, two and a half years. What brought you here initially? I was offered a job in Melbourne, actually. Oh, yeah. 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 What kind of work? Teaching spin Mm. and um, helping. There was like a new studio that had opened and um, we had a mutual friend and she was like, hey, if you want to come train instructors, Mm. uh, that would be really cool. And I was like, yeah, down for an adventure. Um, Sadly, that didn't manifest as long as we thought it was going to be so but i'm i'm here in sydney and doing my thing was australia ever on your mind of somewhere that you could potentially go live i know personally for me no never (laughs) it was was so foreign and so far it was like what do you think of it now being in it yeah it's good you know um it's funny because i was just talking about this like um i was a hairstylist for eight years and um I was living in New York and I just remember being a little bit I just wanted a change mm. I kind of felt like I wanted to do more like working with people more and I didn't really know what that looked like and at the time Soul Cycle was really blowing up and um I had a lot of friends who were doing it a lot of clients who were doing it a lot of uh co-workers who were like you should do this cycle thing mm. and so um yeah, I was just talk- I was talking to a friend about this. And I was like, w- it, during that time, I never would imagine that me jumping ship, going from hair into teaching spin, would ultimately upend my like just throw everything out and end up in Australia. Mm. You know, like um, I can see the steps, like everything that kind of manifested into that to create this space. And so, yeah, no, never, never. <laughs> Never thought about Australia, Um, but it's cool, you know. Um, Again, I move around a lot, so I think sometimes I can be very like, this is where I am right now, and if something else pops up, then then I'm open to that too. But it's been a it's been a cool, like, fun, free experience. I've grown a lot, so it seems like as you do move around a lot, though, you still love to be surrounded around people and kind of working with people. Where do you think that comes from? I mean, sometimes, mm-hmm. I know as a kid, if you are moving around from place to place, it's hard to kind of make connections. Yeah. Yet you're making connections through your work. That's funny. You know? I, <laughs> I, you know, being, I'm an only child too. Mm-hmm. So I was there definitely the kid that loved being around people and loved being around friends. And so I was like up so early in the morning I was ready to go like super early I was like knocking on doors being like could so-and-so come out to play and they're like (laughs) they haven't even had breakfast yet you know um so I think I've always been a very social person and I really love connecting um what I love the most about the work that I do is really helping people just kind of stay grounded and strong and empowered in themselves and I think that's where I really find my my power you Mm -hmm. know and so I think that's what feels really really good and yeah did you find that easy when you were younger kind of moving around and still making those connections and being social or was it a little bit difficult or uh I never really found it challenging what's Mm -hmm. really funny is um there's like a ecosystem you know in the military world and there was a time that I remember I think I was in maybe second grade or something and I had a friend um and obviously like it, being in the military, you you have friends who just up and go, right? Yeah, like, right. 
Um, and it's just the life, right? You're moving around, you, you kind of do the thing, you don't really think about it. And um, so that was second grade. And I think it was it's seventh grade or something like that. They showed up again. Like we were in the same class right, and it was okay, like yeah. really wild and really just a, a weird experience. Right. Mm. And we only had like a couple of years, even in that time, um, together. And, um, for me, it wasn't really challenging. Um, I think as I got a little bit older, like in high school, you know, cause I, I did two years in one school and then I did two, two years in another school. Right. So I, the high school that I graduated at, I didn't even, I was there for two years, the last two years. And so obviously making friends was easy, but the connections, I think, weren't super duper tight. Right. Um, Not naturally. Yeah. That makes sense. Was there a, a constant that you did through school that kind of made something, kept it consistent for you in any way? Yeah, I swam. Yeah. Um, I was a swimmer, so I swam consistent, um, competitively for probably the time I was eight yeah. until 18. So and that was like a year-round thing. That was my constant. I was a swimmer. Um, I danced and did track, so I was yeah. very much into that, and so I kept those going like throughout school. Yeah, yeah, amazing. I guess one of the the things the podcast is based off is is personal street style and mm-hmm. kind of how you dress to express yourself. What was it like when you were in school and kind of experimenting <laughs> with fashion when you were in all these kind of different scenes, but also moving around? It's like, did you kind of have a constant kind of source of uniform or did you kind of express yourself in a certain way or yeah you know um I don't know I think I think my style changed like everybody's depending on your age Mm. you know as you get older I was a 90s kid like for sure um you know I remember um I'm like blanking on his name there was this like there was this artist, Skilo was his name. Skilo, um, I recognize I wish I name. was a little bit Yeah, 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 of um, course. <laughs> <laughs> but in that video, he had on like, gosh, I think it was like a blue tank top with these matching blue shorts and like a white shirt underneath. And um, I was so like into that look that mm. I like went out and like bought the best kind of like version of that that I could, you know. Um, even as a kid, I really loved clothes and um, fashion and things like that. It was like, you know, first day of school, getting your, yeah. your new kicks on and your crisp shirt. I was I was I used to iron my clothes, you know, in sixth grade like, <laughs> I'm sure your parents were proud um, <laughs> but I didn't really have an issue with like my style until until it was like high school and you know Hawaii is very chill and, yeah right um I same was, to, as here I would say yeah the same vibe is vibe. you know flip-flops and yeah. things like that and um at that stage I was really into like no doubt and mm. incubus and I had a very like surfer skater vibe and then I moved to Atlanta and it was very urban. Mm. Um, and I don't want to go into like racial things or anything like that, but that was kind of like when I realized I was like, Oh, like there's like a huge divide or a whole different culture. And like, you know, I felt like I was very much outside of the culture of Atlanta. And so that really like knocked me back a little bit and, Um, but me, I, you know, I just kind of like, I've always been very, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And, um, I ended up finding like, um, a surf shop in Atlanta called Pacific Sunwear. And that was like my go-to place. I actually, that was my first job. Um, and so just kind of like found my space and, you know, 
I think moving gives me, gave me the advantage of adapting, yeah. you know? So. Oh, right. absolutely. Was there, were there any influences? I mean, it sounds like music was a huge influence oh, for yeah, you. For sure. Were those the people you looked to? Was there anyone in your family that kind of? No. No? <laughs> music for sure. <laughs> I love how you said that now. <laughs> music for me has, as like like you said, I mean, I share music all the time. I love music. Mm. Um, I mean, music is a part of like my work, right? Like, um, so in what way? Well, teaching spin, I'm creating playlists. Yeah, yeah. Yo- yoga, I'm teaching. I'm, I'm creating playlists, even in um, breath work. I have a, a you know, there's music that we breathe to and things like that. And um, I found really, I've enjoyed putting like creating binaural beats and Mm. making meditations with that and so it's a very audio you know kind of experience and so I do love that but I've always like I've grown up watching music videos Mm. and or the like the MTV generation I like being influenced by that (laughs) for sure like that was a huge effect (laughs) on us Uh, so what are you wearing today what's your style about right now um so my style is very cash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm moving. I'm always like going from place to place, you know. Um, and so for me, it's really important to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I have a unique kind of style where I do like color today. You know, I'm not super duper colorful, but I have some jeans that I got at uh, an op shop, a consignment shop in uh, Los Angeles. And it just like they were th- these high-waisted jeans that I haven't even, I don't even remember, I can't say what the brand is, but, um, so I have these and some very comfortable sneakers, mm. you know, um, and this, this gray ribbed, like, basic tank, you know, right. and for me, there's still some, there's still some creativity, it kind of shows my mood, mm. you know, um, I wanted to look cute <laughs> walking around, yeah. but I also wanted to be like comfortable. I wasn't really sure what the weather was going to be like. Um, and, um, so yeah, just like feeling really good. Feeling do you, really do you think that you're, you've found kind of, um, a kind of consistent look that you've stuck, that you stick with, or are you still experimenting with fashion and having fun with it? I think I've found, so again, my style can be pretty bipolar. Mm. I like, which is great. I think that's good. (laughs) Whatever you're feeling, wear it. I I, I love it. But the, you know, the things that are very typical. And I think what my friends would say is like patterns. Yes. Mm. Uh, color. Absolutely. And, um, textures and stuff like that. So I do love, I I love what I have a pair of like these, yellow um corduroys that are just like very baggy and they are very 90s um and it's they are like my my favorite pant to wear and it's just like i just feel i feel like i don't know a butterfly or something walking around i know people are like where did you get those (laughs) (laughs) um you know but then there are times that i i am when I'm wanting to just be in my normal, I'm just wanting to be normal or whatever. I don't know, whatever normal feels. I'm just feeling like not so colorful. Right. So I have my, I have my athletic wear that, that feels really good. But again, it's like burnt oranges and, Mm. and, um, emerald greens. I really gravitate towards and and blues and things like that. I don't wear like when I was in New York, you know, it was like black on black on black on black. When I was working at a salon, it was black on black on black on black. And, 
I love a good moment, mm. you know, like that to feel just very, um, I don't know, you feel kind of like luxurious yeah, and yeah. black. You feel like put together, yeah. you know, uh, but that's not an everyday thing for me. And um, yeah, I think for me when I can, when I have different shapes, baggy jeans, a crop top or something like that, you oh, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then I feel like really, really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does that kind of sense of play with your fashion translate to your work when you're like doing classes oh, for sure. from an active you kind of want to wear the bright stuff the fun stuff or yeah. is it more kind of just subdued mm, i mean it's hard you know because like a lot of the stuff we do now a lot of the when i'm working with clients is virtually mm, okay. um so they can only really see from like you know shoulders up for yeah, the yeah. most part <laughs> um but I do, um, when I, when I do like videos and things like that, so any con content creation and stuff like that, I do try to have like some fun shirts on mm. that, that look cool. Um, or I'll wear, um, I'll do something different with my hair. I usually just put it up and, um, I like to create that kind of, that kind of creative fun. Yeah. I think when I'm working, it is such an energy thing. I don't have, I'm just like, I'm going to put this on. It's not like a, you know, it's not one of my shirts with a thousand holes in it, although I would, <laughs> but like, <laughs> uh, I'm going to put something together and I'm going to be like in my zone. When I'm teaching, when I'm teaching spin, I do like putting, you know, sometimes I'll have, I have these different kind of, I have like a lot of Lycra shorts that I like to wear that are, that have like stars on them or, oh, yeah. um, little skulls on them. And, um, when I was in, when I was in San Francisco, I was literally just like, I would have like 500 different crop tops and all of these things. And it was very, it was a look. Yeah. Right. Um, and I still kind of do that teaching, but it is a little more, I'm just like, I feel like I've grounded down a little bit and I don't have to be so showy yeah, if yeah. that makes sense oh, absolutely I, I think as you get older you've you get that confidence in exactly what you want to wear yeah. and you're doing it for yourself more so absolutely. for anything else which that is part. great well I guess speaking of your work how did you kind of get into the path that you're in now with mind work you're still doing a lot of physical stuff as well with your work but manifestation kind of I've always been a huge believer in that and kind of my experience with it for the first time was when I applied to design school out of high school. And, um, I was, uh, there was a program that only accepted like 70 people and thousands applied. And I was adamant to get into this graphic design program. And I was like, I could see it. I envisioned it before I even knew any of this terminology. And it happened and it was the weirdest thing. <laughs> and it was like, it, and it's something I tried to live by since then and kind of to I've gone down and kind of not feeling it and seeing it not working and then seeing it working as well where did what was your first experience with it and why kind of do you feel that you've gone into this way of teaching people about it yeah you know my very first experience of like intentionally successfully manifesting I wanted to move to Chicago and I was living in Atlanta and I just was in this cycle of like it was just like having that safety net I mm. realized was holding me back really really holding me back from progressing and moving forward in the way that I wanted to and so I had a friend who had moved to Chicago and I was like okay I'm gonna like run away to Chicago I'm gonna work at this job and um life is gonna be fantastic um so I found the salon that I wanted to work at it was like this really cool salon and um, I'd set like maybe a three month marker and was mm. just like, okay, in three months, you know, I'm gonna 
pack my car and drive off. And I was telling my family and they were like, three months, like what money do you have saved? And <laughs> that's crazy. You need to wait a year. And I was like, a year? I'm going to be dead in a year. Like it was just like all of this. How old were you then? I was 24 or 25. <laughs> um, but that's how I felt. It felt very like, and that that is how I move, honestly. It's just like when things happen, it's like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this and it's going to be on the quicker side. So let's get this together. And mm. so... Um, there's this whole, you know, the secret, which I feel like is like a very like manifestation 101. Right. We're going to tell you like these few little points, um, but there's so much more to it. And you hit a lot of it, you know, about the visualization and the expectation of it. Um, but in what I did was I saw myself there. I visualized, I was looking at this website over and over again and just mm. being like, I'm going to work at this salon. I'm going to work at this salon. And, um, there's a movie called, um, Wicker Park with Josh Hartnett and I literally watched that movie probably every night for like months Um, but it was just so it was like about they were in Chicago and it was so um, it was just so romantic and you know they made the snow look pretty and all this stuff it didn't seem like (laughs) it was zero degrees negative 14 degrees Um, anyway (laughs) the reality of the snow oh my god anyway and I ended up you know at the end of the day, I I packed up, and at that three months, I was like, okay, I'm going to go. I have $600 in my bank account, and I'm going to make this work. My friend said I can stay on his couch, and <laughs> um, so I got I got to Chicago, and I sent, I'd, like, put my application into the salon, and they responded back and said, like, hey, we just hired a bunch of people. We're not really looking for anybody, and I was like, okay, well, I'm already here, so. <laughs> um, How does that make you feel when you hear that? Yeah, I was like, okay, we'll figure this out, and mm-hmm. I did, you know, I ended up getting another job at a salon, and um, I was like, this is literally within the first week, right, and I was just like, I'm good, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. This, that wasn't the salon, but I'll work at this salon and see how it goes, um, but I was like, I'm in Chicago, <laughs> you know, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. Yeah. And um, I worked at that salon maybe three shifts and I ended up getting a call back from the original salon and they said they had just let somebody go and they wanted me to come in. Yeah, right. Um, and so, yeah, at the end of the day, I ended up moving over and hopping over to that salon and I worked there and it was a really good experience and I was only in Chicago for about a year and a half, almost two years. Um, but that was like the catalyst that, that made me from then on, like I never, you know, I had, I had upgraded from an assistant hairstylist to a full blown stylist, right? Like, um, I had made so many moves since then that Mm. were upgrading me that I, really when I look at that manifestation it's like that I had the intention I had the intuition I knew what I wanted and I got it and yeah there are sometimes you don't get what you want but it's hard because I think people give up really easily and so like oh manifestation is mm. you know woo woo and all the things and I'm like but we're always manifesting no matter what you call it right mm. like you're always creating you're always designing you're always going after something or you're not going after something sometimes things work out and sometimes they don't I think our perspective on how that uh, our perspective on the reality of what we're experiencing um, is what makes all the difference so um, how, how does the when something doesn't work for you does that push you at all in that to kind of keep going or does it kind of bring you down? I, you well, know, I guess it would depend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess it would really depend. 
I'm going to say something that's going to sound, I'm like, things don't really not work out for me. Uh, I hear you. I hear you. um, But no, you know, like, yeah, things don't work out. And I guess it really depends. Like, for instance, when I did, I moved to Melbourne and it was literally maybe 60 days that I was like, oh, this is a mistake. Mm. You know what I mean? I was like, this is not going to last a long time. Right. And immediately I had to say, I had to sit down and say, okay, am I going to go back? Am I going to like, what are, what are my options here? Right? Like, what do I want to do? What do I need to do? Mm-hmm. Why is this happening? Um, and I think that's what happens when something doesn't work out. Am I bummed? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I've kind of trained myself though to, to, to maybe refocus. Right. And kind of having that accepting exactly what it is. I think that's a huge thing that I've learned Yeah, is that acceptance of like recently our, our, our dog passed away about a year ago now and most heart wrenching thing ever to happen to me personally. And it was very dramatic and well, it wasn't dramatic. It, it was, it led to what it was leading to, but just that, I could have sat in that grief for the longest time easily or kind of look at it as well. Okay. Celebrate his life, what it was to kind of have him with us and what he's taught us and kind of being with him for 10 years was an amazing opportunity. But yeah. And I I kind of went into like, you know, people were saying last year was a horrible year for everyone. It was bad for me as well. You know, COVID and kind of my dog passing, but at the same time it was, I, I didn't stew in that stuff too much and kind of just trying to kind of keep in that positive motion of, you know, accepting it and not stewing in it, but kind of keep going forward. And it was a great year. It was a well-balanced year for me. I had my biggest grief and I had my biggest highs with getting the studio space, which for me was another manifestation in I, one of my first internships was at V Magazine in New York. Oh, amazing experience that moment of like wow I want this type of thing and I feel like it's taken me 15 years to have this I had multiple studio spaces multiple jobs trying to kind of get to a certain point of that and it was as soon as we got this space here it was like there was a smell that always stuck with me from what I had at V Magazine that just there was a particular smell. I can't even explain it, but I smelt it in here. And it was like, like that was my, probably my third big wow moment of manifestation that kind of it happened, but it took 15 years to happen. It wasn't something that kind of, you know, yeah. let me just keep thinking. Let me keep, I was always at the back of my head, exactly what I wanted my, my work and my job and my environment to be like. And it kind of finally happened with this, you know, I think timing is, uh, it can be tricky, right? Mm. Like we want things yes, so absolutely. fast, right? Yeah. And um, a lot of the, I hear a lot of people say like, oh, but it took me this long to do this thing. And I'm like, but you're here now. Mm. Like, you know, it's timing kind of is irrelevant at the end yeah, of the yeah. day. And um, I, I try to remind a lot of my clients too that like, hey, you're trying to like jump over the process and just mm. get to, you know, whatever the goal is. And like, it's within the process, right? That you learn so many different things, right? Um, in all of the ups and downs in my behaviors and reactions to things that I might've felt like didn't work, weren't, weren't resonating with me or I didn't want to go through. 
I've learned a lot of things, right? And it's like worn me down a bit where it's like, okay, you know, this has happened before. I've felt this before. Mm -hmm. Like, how am I going to respond and how am I going to react? What do I want? Um, What feels really good? Even now as I feel, you know, another shift happening within my career Mm. and how I'm moving forward, I... um, I'm like, yeah, I've like kind of like you. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I have that smell again, right? Mm, like yeah. that thing is happening again, or I'm feeling that same way, or I'm having those same thoughts again. And it's like, oh, I've been here before. What did I do before? What did I do last time? And what what do I felt like worked for me? Yeah. Um, and so that's that's the kind of thing I I I do love how sometimes the process takes a long time for us to give us time and space to really begin to articulate Mm. the specifics. Yeah, I hear that. Absolutely. And I guess even the specifics of kind of getting into the, you have the idea of what you want your life to be like, but then it's the realities of living and making a living out of stuff and kind of being able to do all those things. Do you have kind of troubles with that or how do you deal with those troubles? Surely everyone has troubles kind of making um, a living work for them when it's mostly to do with their passion, you know, mm. and kind of not necessarily the most lucrative career. Yeah. How do you kind of deal with that? You know, I feel like I'm, because this is a new, like, iteration of who I am. Mm. Um, and like I said, like transitioning into more of a more of a business that I like super duper hardcore lean on. Mm. Um, I think I'm starting to experience that now where it's like, okay, if I'm not making money, it's because I'm not doing the things that I need to be doing. Mm. Right. Um, Because there was a lot of people making money doing the things that I want to do. At the end of the day, though, um, I think the way that I handle things and have always handled things is just looking for that solution. What is it what is it that I need to like do? Again, I always have little hats spinning, mm-hmm. you know? So, I think I'm just a natural kind of hustler in that way. It's like, okay, I need money. Mm. What do I do? You know, I'm reading I read tarot uh, every fortnight at a at a space and that brings me some money or I'm offering these things that brings me a little bit of money if I need to cut hair. Well, that was a, like a gig that I did a lot in San Francisco like if I if I needed a little extra cash. Like yeah, I yeah. always had somebody like cut hair and things like that. Don't do that too much anymore, but I think, again, slowing down and just kind of seeing, like, the space that you're in, seeing what's going on. Um, I really try not to panic because mm, <laughs> okay, that yeah, does yeah. not help, you know. And um, Have faith in it. And yeah. kind of, I mean, for me personally, it's that I've been freelancing and doing my own thing for, well, a long time now. And it's kind of just having that faith that the next job's coming. And kind yeah, of, or know, just kind trusting the situation you're in. It, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing for sure. You know, it's like um, I was going to say not jumping too quickly out of fear, mm. you know, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think a lot of when you start talking about um, deeper concepts of manifesting, right, like trust is a huge aspect of it. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people say like, oh, it's not coming. Got to make a move. Got to do this thing. And you, go, da, 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 you know, and you just like forget about all this stuff and you start to input all of these other kind of low vibrational energies and. Um, my whole thing is like, if you move from a space of lack or if you move from a space of, um, discontent, or if you move from a space of fear, like you're going to, that's what you're kind of, that's what you're growing. That's we're going to jump into whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Right. And you'll see that in the next kind of growth phase, you'll see all that lack, that discontent and the fear. 
um, kind of sprout up mm. in your in your new manifestation. So trust is a huge thing and just breathing and saying like, how do I move forward? Absolutely, I hear that. And it's um, something that I think is difficult to kind of grasp sometimes because you kind of were comfortable in kind of being in that situation subconsciously and of like not kind of having control of it. So you have to kind of burst that way of thinking out sometimes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I hear that. Um, so I guess what is your kind of day-to-day -day life like with your work and kind of leisure and mm -hmm. time and like, how do you kind of balance it all? How does it work for you? I know. I, <laughs> it's funny cause like in my head, I'm like, I'm the laziest person. <laughs> um, but it, I guess it depends on the day and that's how I like it because, um, I have a lot of variety in my day. So I had a really good, I was talking to a friend and I was like, I had like my most ideal day. Um, I woke up and I went to go teach like two spin classes and they were like fun or whatever, you know, and then I got home and did my meditation. I walked my dog. He's a Doberman German Shepherd. He's oh. 11. Actually, he just turned 11. Oh. Um, walked him and then came home, got ready for some client calls. And I did like a coaching call and then I had a hypnotherapy session and um, then I had I went to the gym and in all of that, I like had my coffee and I had lunch and all those things. And I was like pretty much free, you know, mm -hmm. for the rest of the day. And I was like, this is what I love. You know, I just like I like having variety and I like moving around and I really love like engaging. Mm -hmm. um, the hypnotherapy is going to be a new offering that I have. Nice. Which I'm really super excited about that moving forward. What does that consist of? Um, hypnotherapy. Mm -hmm. So it's hypnotize like uh so i'm getting certified for hip to be a hypnotherapist yeah. and um what i wanted was to have like a really solid offering for somebody when they're coming in to help them with any kind of mindset blocks any kind of limiting beliefs and again getting down to like the root cause of where did this belief come from and right. hypnotherapy is amazing and it also allows me to um utilize my creative processing so i get to you know i get to critical think <laughs> our way through a process. Um, I record a hypnosis, I edit it and, um, I'm thinking like, Oh, I can start doing, um, you know, subliminals and things like that. And just, so I'm really kind of thinking about how I start to offer these, these yeah, offerings yeah. and, um, you know, it's like a long meditation. And so that's a really fun aspect. And then, um, yeah, so I like a lot of variety, you mm -hmm. know, um, I don't really love my day to be same, same yeah. all the time or my weeks to be same, same. Like I just wouldn't survive. Yeah. Um, I, I emotionally. Think even, yeah. I think it's the, you need that change and the repetition for me, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. It, it kind of every day needs to have a little bit of a, a change to it. I, I'm probably the reason why my work has like three different major outlets of kind of work. And I think I found that consistency only recently, you know, and it's, mm -hmm. Nice when it's that. Yeah. Because it's like, it's good. You don't I mean, some to. people can do that, but I'm like, that's not me. You're, what do you want to be doing? Mm, absolutely. <laughs> you know? And I think that's kind of like the message that I'm trying to, to give out to. It's like, hey, we aren't, you know, we're not of the generation anymore that says like, you have to have this one job and do this one thing for 65 years. Mm. And this is when you retire and this is, you know, all the things. It's like, no, you absolutely can do like anything that you want to do you know, and, um, you could probably make money from it or you could probably live 
comfortably from it. Um, but it's again that belief system, right? And it's putting the action behind everything and yeah. just like figuring out like what it is that you want. I think a lot of us have been um, collectively trained not to trust our intuition. Mm. And, um, you know, we're still looking at the past, like past ways of doing things and saying like, that's how it needs to be done, you know? And it's like, no, it can be so different. What's it like to you be you right now? Mm. What's in your <laughs> mind? What's your mindset like? Oh my goodness. <laughs> the laugh says a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's exciting. Uh, I think in my, like, what's it like to be me? Because I do, I have a lot of, a lot of cool things that are happening. A lot of cool things that have happened. I was on a game show in December. Mm, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Was that know? here or? That was here. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like this random ad that popped up on Instagram and it was like, hey, are you an American living in, or living in Australia? Do you love music? Do you want to win a lot of money? And I was like, sure. Uh, you know, yeah. and um, yeah. I ended up an American show? Is an American yeah, show, yeah. yeah. And I ended up walking away with fifty thousand dollars. You, know? <laughs> you won. Yeah, I won fifty one thousand dollars. Um, so that's really super cool. And so now I'm thinking, wow. like, you know, in my head, it's like I had told myself, I had written in my like journal that I wanted fifty thousand dollars so that I could take a break mm. and really focus on my business. And so I'm like, okay, well, I have this money. What am I gonna do? Uh, you know, oh, that's and so, exciting. So that's oh, cool. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm really in that space right now. Like things are, things are shifting, things are changing, and people are showing up in my life and asking me to talk about manifestation. And so that feels very, very in sync, and I just feel really good. And um, yeah, I, I think it's like it's exciting to be me right now. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. Appreciate you coming in yeah. and uh, sharing with us. Thank and, you uh, so much. Giving us a little glimpse of what life's like for you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Men in This Town, the podcast, produced by Mitwork and recorded at Pocket Studio in Sydney. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate and leave a review wherever you're listening. And as always, thanks for your support. <laughs>